And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Not what we know, because we don't know shit. What we think. <laughs> David K. Montoya, S.A. Burbank Podcast. Or S.A. Burbank, David K. Montoya Podcast. <laughs> the game plan, yeah. The, uh, the show. Let's make it up. Let's actually make some. And see, I came up with more. Not what we know, because we don't know shit. It's Monday night, so let's find out what the fuck we think. <laughs> I think I'm going to keep that. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> I'm David K. Montoya. <laughs> and I'm S. Sadie Burbank. We are here in fabulous Southern California and just in time for the Oscars. Only miles away from the red carpet. Yes. You and your Armani... Tux and me and my Harry Winstons, and we're on the red carpet because Oscars are just about to take place, and we're all excited about that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> no, we are. We're excited about that. Well, yeah. Yeah. Actually, this is the second time we're doing this show because <laughs> ten minutes into the show, the baby started screaming, and we had to cut it. And then we found out that my mic we, wasn't were, recording. we were having echo issues anyhow. Which we didn't know, and if the baby hadn't screamed, we would never have known it. We would have fucked up the whole show. And that would have pissed See, me everyth- off. Oh, yeah, me too. Everything happens for a reason. Yeah, we were only like maybe 10, ten minutes yeah. into it. it was all nonsense that could easily be repeated. <laughs> right. Yeah. And Very then good. we jumped into the Olympics. We did. And we were talking about... No pun intended. Yes. <laughs> and we were talking about how we have friends up in Canada, and when we had an ongoing bet with the... You know, with the the hockey because you yeah. know USA faced Canada and, right. and we had to put the stakes out there. You yeah. know, and uh, what it was was loser takes Justin Bieber. Yeah, unfortunately, so we I guess him. we're taking mm. Justin Bieber for the duration. Mm. Well, but at least we have him in a cage. Is or is he still in jail? Did he bail out? <sighs> I'm sure he did. Oh yeah, probably they wouldn't have kept him without bail. And God knows he's got more money than God, so he could probably bail out no matter what they said his bail was um i mean he probably didn't even have to go to get a bondsman he just probably whipped out his wallet and said yeah what do you want you know <laughs> really um and then you were talking about the closing ceremony closing ceremonies were spectacular as uh as spectacular i think in their own right as were the opening ceremonies if you get a chance go to uh what did i say youtube youtube and check them out. They did some terrific graphics. They did, they did this thing where they had like, like glitter and, uh, you know, confetti and stuff falling. Um, and the guy, even the, the commentator had said, gee, that's hard to believe this isn't really real. And I didn't catch on what he was talking about. And I said something about the glitter went past this guy's face. My husband says, no, that isn't real. And I said, yeah, it is. And he goes, no, look at the floor. There's nothing building up on the floor, you know, like it would if it was real confetti, you know. Um, and anyhow, it's still hard to believe that it wasn't real. I mean, seriously, if you watch it and we were looking at it at our big, sc- on our big screen and I was real focused on it anyhow because it was so pretty. Uh, but darn, it looked real. Yeah. Yeah, it did. It looked very real. Uh, but it was, I think it was every bit as spectacular 
as Beijing, and Beijing was impressive. It was also cost more. They right. Spent, they spent quite a bit more than Beijing did, but um, I think it was. I think it was worth it. I think it it put the artistic um, expressionism, if you will, of Russia back into the the minds of the observers. Right. And, you know, it's important that we think of countries as having the artistic expressive side as well as um, anything else we may think about other countries. You right. Know, we tend to think that they're either uh, – we are at war with them. We were at war with them. We're going to be at war with them, you know, <laughs> at some point in time. Right. And so I think it's important to look at, at all aspects of another country and see if they have, um, you know, <clears throat> if they make contributions to their world and the world. Right. In, in other areas as well as war, you know, or just plain, um, bad manners as far as humanity is concerned. So well, <laughs> it was it was good. It was um it was impressive. It was very very impressive. Ernie loved it. We both loved it. You know, I recorded it. I still have it recorded because I may go back and look at that again and see if there really was CG and not <laughs> real because I I'm telling you, it was looking like it was real and it was and they did the thing with the floor again, you know, where it changed and became part of the story and visually and right. and all of that. It was it was it was it was very good, very good. So uh, and we enjoyed the um, efforts of the participants in in the Olympics, all of them. Um, they put on some pretty spectacular work. The 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 sports. The, what do I want to say? The competitors. The, the athletes. The ath- Thank you. Jesus, I'm having a word issue problem this morning, this tonight. See, I don't even know whether it's night or morning. Um, I may be tired. I don't know. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, the athletes really, uh, for the most part, gave their all. Victor Ahn, I hadn't mentioned the first time we had this little conversation, conversation uh, that we had to throw away. Uh, Victor Ahn, who is South Korean, uh-huh. uh, was a skater not doing too well in the last Winter Olympics and wanted to do better, but he was losing support. <clears throat> Excuse me, like financial support, okay, and all that that they need. You know, it's it's not just a matter of somebody going, oh well, that guy's like really really good at racing, so let's have him be in the Olympics. It's a whole political thing. Oh yeah, and so he, I don't know whether they contacted him or he contacted them, but whichever the case, he wound up actually moving to Russia, learning Russian, getting a Russian citizenship, changed his name. He's now Victor on instead of on Su Lee or whatever the hell his right. name was. And my apologies to the Koreans, South Koreans. I, I <clears throat> just picked that out of my hat because I'm not real sure what his name was. Okay. And that sort of sounded South Korean to me. Um, anyhow, he, um, he's a spectacular small, what do they call that? Short rink racer. That's not what they call it. Um, but anyhow, those of you that know what the sport is will know, and those of you who don't won't give a shit. So it's okay. Um, anyhow, he's really, really good. And he's, 
he's it doesn't matter whether he starts out in front or behind at the right. end. He wins every time. He won every gold there was to win. Wow. He tied uh, Apollo Ono for most golds won in his sport. And then he also got most, I think he got mo- another, he got another most golds for something else too, but I forget what it was. Anyhow, he, um, he's cute. He's got like orange hair, kind of like mine. Um, <laughs> and I noticed he was wearing a ring on the wedding finger. So I don't know if he's married or, uh, otherwise obligated to someone or what. Right. But in any case, he's, um, he was a thrill to watch. He's, <laughs> you just know when he gets on the ice, he is going to win. There was no question every time that, and it didn't matter whether it was a relay or, uh, just a regular race right. or what. It didn't matter. He was in it to win it and he did every time. It was spectacular to watch him. What was his name again? Victor On. On. A H N. Oh, okay. Like Jaden's doctor. Uh huh. Okay. And the Victor is with a K, V I K T O R. He chose that name when he uh, took his Russian citizenship because it meant victorious. Right. And he thought it was appropriate. I think it was. And he was just something else to watch. It was kind of like watching Apollo Ono again, except it was even better. Right. No. Not to slight Apollo, but I mean, it was really good. And speaking of Apollo, he did a hell of a job as a commentator. He was one of the commentators for, um, for at least for the racing, uh, skating racing, and maybe even for other stuff. It's hard to tell sometimes who's, who's doing what? the various commentating. Uh-huh. Uh, he was very, very professional, very informative. Uh, it was perfect. He was perfect. It's like he was destined for that. Right. As was Tara Lipinski and, um, oh, I forget the name of the guy that was with her, Johnny Weir. Johnny Weir. I'm pretty sure that was it. Um, they were great. They were great together too. They did the ice skating, dancing and ice skating and stuff. Okay. And, uh, that's a whole other thing. But anyhow, it was very enjoyable, entertaining. It was only 17 days, flew by, you know, and then they had a recap show today and Ernie came uh, out while I was cooking breakfast and he said, Oh, is the Olympics on again or what? You know, and I go, No, it's sort of like a recap for the addicted. <laughs> and it was, it was like all day long. They went through almost everything they could, highlights and everything again, you know, so that we could sort of wean ourselves off. Right. But, you know, you spend 17 days watching, uh, the Olympics. You kind of expect to be able to, on the 19th day, turn it on and it'll be there. And no, it's not. So next, uh, winter Olympics will be in South Korea. Okay. And um, so there you go. <clears throat> It'll be interesting to see. There was a young lady skating on the American team. Her first name is Polina. Sorry, I can't remember her last name. There was also a young lady on the Russian team, also 15 years of age. Her name was Yulia Lipinskaya or something close to that. My Russian sucks. Um, anyhow, they bo- – oh, Edmonds, Polina Edmonds – was the American girl. Good and, save. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing, all things considered. Uh, anyhow, uh, they both uh, have demonstrated terrific skill 
um, and beauty on the ice, and it'll be wonderful to see what they do in four more years when they've got experience under their belt and, you know, nerves kind of got the best of them. Right. Well, they've uh, gotten their babies, too, you know. Yeah, it's I just... know they are, but Tara Lipinski was a baby, too, and she took the gold. But um, she had something they didn't have. I don't know what. Um, it's funny to me. It seems like if I could do what they could do, uh-huh. I wouldn't. I don't think I'd be afraid to do it, but I'm old, too. Not much scares me anymore. When you're 15, it's a whole different thing. Yeah. You know, everything scares you. And in the case of the young Russian girl, she had a lot on her shoulders because by the time she skated, the Russian hockey team had kind of gone down the toilet. Uh, nobody had had, nobody in the, on the Russian teams of any kind had any goals at all. So she had all the pressure of not only succeeding for herself in her sport, but for the country, right? You know, and it was like, damn, why don't we pile some more shit on this poor kid's shoulders? You know, but she's really cute, um, kind of like Oksana Bayul. I don't say that very well. Oksana, Oksana Bayul. Yeah, I still can't say very well, but anyhow, like her, sort of. In in so far as the cuteness thing and the skill level is concerned, Oksana was a little less intimidated by everything than this young lady. But uh, she's going to be hot in four years, too. So it'll be kind of fun to see how they do. And Gracie Gold was good. She was another American skater who was um, the the hype for her had been uh, possibly a little ambitious. Right. She's only 18. This was her first Olympics, too, 18 or possibly 19. And so she had... Um, she didn't do as well as she has done Okay. when the pressure wasn't there. So it would have been nice had she been able to pull it off. But again, in four years, she'll have much more experience under her belt. She'll be a little calmer, hopefully, and be able to uh, to do a far better job. As, you know, I mean, as it was, she did okay. She got bronze, so let's not cry for her. But, no, absolutely. you know, still, she was aiming for gold, you know. Um. And the woman who got gold in the in the skating was, as far as I'm concerned, was perfect. the The choice for her to to receive the gold was perfect. She was Russian. Uh-huh. Adelina is her first name. I cannot remember her last name. Um, and then the young lady from South Korea, Kim, something Kim, you, Yuan, I think, or something like that. I'm sorry, I can't. Hello. Anyway. Um, she was supposed to be like, oh yeah, she'll get it for sure. Didn't turn out that way. Um, her program was good. She skated a flawless program, but she didn't have the heart that the Russian skater had. Uh. And that actually translates on the ice. If they just get out there and they do it because, yes, okay, here I'm doing a triple toe loop or whatever the hell. Um, it, it, you get that. And if the, if somebody comes out and just, you know, pours their heart out on the ice, uh, with, you know, their connection with the music and the audience and everything else and the moves that they're doing, you pick that up too. The Russian girl did it. She just, oh, and she was only 17. She was spectacular. Just spectacular. Anyhow, we really, really enjoyed it. We, you know, we like the Olympics. We like, 
Now, when is the Summer Olympics? Which Well, Lacey and I were talking about that on the way to the gym. I think what they do is they do everybody every four years. Like right. we know that the Winter Olympics are going to be in four years in South Korea. Right. And I think what they do then is with the Summer Olympics, it's every four years also. In between. But they alternated them so that in two years we're going to see the Summer Olympics in Rio. Right. And, and then it'll be two more years to the next Winter Olympics in South Korea. So they, what's the term I want? Where they, they, they stagger their schedules so right, that right. every two years there's an Olympics going on, but one time it's winter and one time it's summer. Right. So they're actually four years between the, the performances that the Winter Olympics people put on and four years between the performances that the Summer Olympics people put on. Right. But it seems like two years because every two years there's an Olympics. I think that's how it works. That makes sense. So 2016. Sounds good, doesn't it? Yes. It sounds like I know just exactly what I'm talking about. <clears throat> Speaking of sounding good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, you know when you're a, a performer, as a performer, you, you know when you're trouble, or your career's in, in definite trouble. Mm-hmm. When you go to your child for career advice. <laughs> and what's worse than that is when you go to your child for career advice and your child is Miley Cyrus. <laughs> now, Somebody I, I, did that? Huh? Her he, dad. He did that? Yeah, Billy Ray. Oh, my God. Well, did she? let me see. The first thing she probably told him was lose your clothes <laughs> and get a ball. Oh no, he has two already. So yes, yeah. that wouldn't work. Well, anyway. uh, she she pretty much told him just to to don't don't be the norm. Well, of course she told him that. That's her thing. So he followed her advice. Oh dear. And unfortunately, I have oh dear the results of this. Oh dear. Mister Cyrus has just released. Achy Breaky Heart 2. This no. is not a joke. This no. is not a joke. No. And Achy Breaky Heart 2 is no. mixed with, I can't think of his name, forgive me for the rapper's name, but they are going, now, you listen to it, and then we'll talk about okay. it. Okay. Because. I really have to do this, huh? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Already I'm less than confident. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Larry King, and I apologize for bringing you this startling information this evening, but there is some late-breaking news that I thought I should make you aware of. It's been verified that there has been an unidentified flying object seen transcending over Europe, last tracked by the United States Air Force. It's traveling at a rate of over 35,000 miles an hour. It's just seen hovering over Daniel Boone National Forest in eastern Kentucky, home of the greatest ever Muhammad Ali, a.k.a. Cassius Clay.
how this hit happened. Let me tell you, B.I.C. It happened because I happened to meet up with Billy Cyrus. It happened because I rang the alarm and broke the silence. It happened because I'm sipping on that good Kentucky whiskey. It happened because I'd rather be... Is he serious? This is a serious effort. I know, folks, this is... You can tell by the look on my face. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to take that. I don't. I. It seems to me that if a person's career, a person who's got a career in this type of field... Okay, right, a musician. Yeah, to be specific. If a person's career is so going down the tubes that he has to go back to... 20 years or more and and reprise an old what was then a nauseating hit. I was going to say that sucked anyway. Uh, yeah, but I mean you heard it everywhere you went. It just it was one of those things. It was like um what's that song I I hate so much. Um What? It was by recent? America. Oh Jesus, what was that song? Well, anyhow, there was a song that just played so much that I thought I will I will strangle the next person <laughs> that that makes me have to listen to it. Achy Breaky's right in there, okay. But if you got to go back that far to to rev up your current career, right, and then go to the point of of. And I, you know, I can see trying to change it up a little bit. I got, you know, there's, that's fine, but I, uh, you know, to be completely honest with you, yeah. I think I would have preferred it if the rapper just studied himself. I felt to me, it could have been, it could have been fine that way. Yeah. As a piece of rap music could have been great actually. 
Because for one thing, we wouldn't have to listen to the music, right. okay, which sucked. And then as uh, I don't li- I don't watch music videos. Right. Okay. I'm sorry. I just, you know, I don't. Um so it none of it appealed to me. Well, it didn't make sense with the song either. Well, it didn't, but it didn't appeal to me. A, I'm a girl. Okay, right. so I'm not too hot on watching women shake their asses. I mean, it's okay, and I can kind of get off on it a little bit if I have to. But, I mean, really. Well, and the funny thing is, and they were all twerking. Yeah, that was yeah, the funny thing. Yeah, well, that's and pretty much what I meant by shaking their asses. And plus, they had those those strip costumes. What the fuck was that? I, and little strips of material. They couldn't afford a whole dress, I guess. I don't know. That's so stupid. But, I, you know, I... I don't know. Plus, they had it was a mod look. What, yes. What we called in the sixties, fifties, and sixties and seventies a mod look, with the hair and the costumes and all that right. kind of stuff. And then the rap rapper who was that, by the way? I don't know his name. Now, what you know, CeeLo Green could have been good in that. I like CeeLo. Do you? Yeah, I do. He's very talented. Very, very talented. Love his voice. I like to watch him rap. He's fun. Uh, he could he could have maybe pulled that off alone. Okay, right. But dad needs to go home. I'm sorry. <clears throat> and, Get and a haircut. Go yeah. home and retire. And uh, I don't know. Like I said, I, I think that. And I I felt even though he's the cr- quote cr- quote unquote creator of the song, I felt that he's the one who drug it down. I really do. I, I think that. If it was just a solo gig with the rapper, I think it would have been more entertaining. And yeah, um, if he he could have let somebody else do it. If he just wants to, to make some money, okay. There's other ways for him to extend his career, right? Without getting in front of the the microphone. He never really had that much talent in the first place, <laughs> in my opinion. I'm sorry. I'm a big country western fan. Right. I really am. I know lots of country western singers that I really, really, really like. Okay? And they're very talented. I don't necessarily put him into that classification. <laughs> so, you know, he had three strikes against him when he started. Right. And then to turn around and ask his daughter what her opinion was, what did he expect her to say? I don't know. Gee, Dad, let me think. Why don't you sit down in a rocking chair? I mean, what, you know. What's she going to say? She's only going to give him uh, a snippet of her experience. And this is her experience. Take right. off your clothes, climb on something, and swing it. And that's pretty much what the video was, essentially. Pretty much. Pretty much. Obviously, he listened to her advice. Not a good idea, Dad. Not a good idea. No. Give it up. If he is, <clears throat> If he needs the money, if he is the victim of poor planning... Because there was a time when he was making it fist right. over tea kettle. Right. And if he's the victim of poor planning, then I can understand him trying to, you know, get back into the field and get something going. But he should be, like, uh, behind the, the mic, so to speak, not in front of, you right. know. I mean, be a producer. Be a, a director. Be a, a – if he thinks he can write music, write some music. Get somebody else to perform it. You know, there's lots of ways to keep his foot in the door, so to speak. Right. I don't think this is the best choice. 
it's um that's just me well i think you, you hit the the nail on the head you know it's it's nothing new it's nothing fresh no it and isn't. when you start regurgitating old material or copying other artists you know yeah. his daughter is considered an artist like i told you once um ellen degeneres thinks she's one of the smartest people in the industry and very talented those are her words not mine right <laughs> that's what she says i i i trust her enough that i trust her opinion over mine right my personal preference is aside okay if if she really if ellen really believes this young lady is that talented then maybe she is. I don't know. I'm no expert on talent. I just, you know, it's like the guy says about art. You know, I don't know anything about art, but I know what I like. Exactly. I do know a little about music, but also I know what I like. I know what I don't like. I haven't found it in her yet that <laughs> no. I like, you know. All right, kids. What we're going to do is we're going to cut this right here. Nipping the bud, we're as it were. running on a brand new system. This is the very first time we've used the system for recording. And oh, yeah. I'm just oh, yeah. a little leery because it's brand new. I don't want to get, you know, the whole show all and the way And then find in. out we missed right. something. So you're going to play it back a little bit? So we're gonna, I'm going to play it back. Uh -huh. And then we'll pick back up. And when we come back, well, here, where we're going to stop, we're going to put the commercial right there. Okay. And then when we come back, we're going to start our Oscars talk. Oscar show. And now a word from our sponsors. Before 1971, a young S. Sadie Burbank could only imagine a simple American life as a loving wife and mother. That was her goal when she first married in 1959 at the age of 18. But with the wild social revolution of the 1960s, Burbank's idea of a perfect life would quickly change as she left behind her family to begin a new existence of her own. Her journey would find her on a plane headed toward her new lover, Steve, who was halfway across the world, waiting her arrival in a small bush camp in the country of Liberia. Once there, Sadie is greeted with a fascinating, strange world and plunges herself into the exotic land of the bush. But less than six months later, Sadie would realize all was not as it seemed, and Steve was not the man she fell in love with. Burbank found herself desperately seeking escape from the camp and her lover as she raced back to Robertsfield Airport, literally running for her life. Based on an unbelievably true story by S. Sadie Burbank, Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner is a manuscript of Burbank's adventurous and deadly experience during a time filled with sex, drugs, and murder. Now available in paperback and hardback. For more information, log into www.redhills.us. Are you looking for a new book, comic, or apparel from your favorite MythWorks or independent creators? Then you're in the right place. Introducing the all-new redesigned MythMart store. Now bigger, badder, better. Sign up and become a member and receive 10 to 50% off on selected items. Get the all-new Terry D. Shearer's Bloody Hell t-shirt, or non-members can pick up one of our e-books for only $4.95. Or go into the past and relive the 90s with MythWorks Comics Classics for $3.99. The new MythMart. Bigger, badder, better. 
visit MythMart at www.mythworks.com slash MythMart or find us on Facebook for extra savings. Do you own a business or have an item you want to sling? Do you want a chance to reach potential customers? Do you want to make some extra cash? Then here's your chance. For $50, you can have a one to two minute commercial featured on each of our shows for an entire month. With six shows a week, that's only $2.09 per podcast. Plus, for an extra $10, your item will be placed into MythMart. So sit back and relax as they handle all stages of transactions. Contact our ad department at info at jaysamon.com. See, those commercials weren't that hideous. No. And plus, if you've been listening long enough, you could probably quote them line by line. I know I need to. We should change up the commercial. I know it's it's it's, been a year now. Yeah. It's like, and our yeah, we should do that. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to what we think Oscar talk. Mm. I am your host, David K. Montoya. I am S. C. Burbank. And, and we're on the red carpet. Yes. Our own little red carpet. Well, actually, it's not red. It, we can it's, pretend it's red. We'll pretend it's red. We'll pretend we're in our uh, best outfits, uh, which actually, for the moment, we are. <laughs> 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 I was saying, you know, I'm in my Harry Winston's and you're in your Arm- Armani, Armani uh, whatever, my Jimmy Choo's. <laughs> no. You know, I couldn't put a Jimmy Choo on my foot if it... If my life depended on it. But anyhow, uh, this is because Oscar night is Sunday night. Which is going to be tomorrow. Which is going to be tomorrow by the time y'all hear this. And so we (laughs) thought, a long time back, we thought, I thought, and David agreed, it would be fun to do an Oscar show. Yes. Talk about what little we know about the movie industry. Uh, Like all the arts. We're not real proficient in them, but we know what we like. Yes. Yeah. So, and we'll tell you what we think. Now, I what I did in preparation for this show tonight was uh-huh. I downloaded the, all the nominees. Oh, okay. Okay. And we can talk and about And then it. I also downloaded uh, my faves, my, my movie faves, not necessarily the ones that are nominated. Right. My all-time <clears throat> movie faves. My favorite performances by male actor, favorite performances by female actor, most inappropriately overlooked by the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, and like, my own personal Raspberry Award. So that's what we have to look forward to. All right. So mm, let's see. Should we start with the nominees? Let's start with the nominees. Okay. Um, let's go to uh, – I'm going to skip around here because – they actually start with the leading male actor, and I want to skip to the best picture. Okay. Best picture nominees are in no particular order. Well, actually, it looks like they may be in alphabetical order, but other than that, none. American Hustle okay. with Charles Roven, Richard Suckle, Megan Ellison, 
and Jonathan Gordon, producers. Okay. Apparently. Captain Phillips, Scott Rudin, Dana Brunetti, and Michael DeLuca, producers. Dallas Buyers Club, Robbie Brenner, and Rachel Winter, producers. Gravity, Alfonso Coron, I hope. Alfonso. <laughs> See? And David Heyman, or Hyman, uh, producers. Her, Megan Ellison, Spike Jones, and I notice he's put a Z in there now for his name. Oh, really? Yeah, he's changed the spelling of his name from Jones to Jones. <laughs> it's cute. And Vincent Landay, producers. Nebraska, Albert Berger, and Ron Yerksa, Y-E-R-X-A. You try it. Uh, producers. Bob. Bob. No, Ron, actually. <laughs> Philomena, Gabrielle Tana, Stephen Coogan, and Tracy Seward, producers. 12 Years a Slave, Brad Pitt, Dee Dee Gardner, Jeremy Kleiner, Steve McQueen, not the Steve McQueen. Right, right. Another. And Anthony Katagas, Katagas, I don't know. I'm sorry. Producers. And last, but no, but no, no means least, the Wolf of Wall Street nominees to be determined as far as producers and so forth. Okay. Sir. So those are the <clears throat> movies that have been nominated for the Academy Award this year. Of those, I have seen one. One. <laughs> one. Gravity. <clears throat> now, see, I, I went a little bit further ahead, and I, I looked at who – was nominated for what? Mm -hmm. And instead of watching the movie, I watched the trailers. You watched the trailers. That's... So I've seen all the trailers. I've seen all the trailers for <clears throat> these movies, but I have not seen the movies themselves. And I got to say, <coughs> having seen Gravity, the trailer for Gravity, the most often seen trailer that I the most the one I've seen most often, anyhow, right, is um, it it. Focuses more on uh, Sandra Bullock's performance than the movie actually does. Right. Uh, but, you know, having said that, uh, like I said, of all these that are nominated, I've only seen Gravity. I We got Di Dallas Buyer Well, shit. Dallas Buyers Club. That mm -hmm. on our list, and Captain Phillips is on our, our Netflix list, so we can see him. Nebraska, I'm very much looking forward to. Is that the one? Is that um? Oh no, no, no that's not what I'm thinking. I was thinking of the one with uh, Robert Redford, where he does that whole movie by himself. Oh no, no, that's not nominated. I think that I think that movie's coming out this year. Oh, is it? I don't think that has come out yet. That's the one with um, June Squibb is nominated in a supporting role for that uh, for her part in Nebraska and having she's she's the one where they're uh, in the trailer they're standing at a a grave site and <clears throat> and she's talking with a couple other guys about the person in the grave and she said oh, so and so I remember her she was such a slut you know so and it it just because of her age and I identify with that a lot because uh, I'm older too, right? Know, and and I have a potty mouth too, and so because of all that, I I liked her. I'm looking forward to that. But who do you think is going to take it? Um, I probably Twelve Years a Slave. It's doing well. 
in all the other uh, award uh, venues, so to speak, um, because um, from what I've read and heard about it and everything, it's it's very well done. Um, it's it's a subject that, as a as a country, we can't still can't get enough of it. Right. We still need to focus on the problems uh, that it presents. Uh, it should get it. I'll put it that way. I, I have a feeling American Hustle will probably walk with it. I, I just. I've been hearing a lot of things about American Hustle. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. It doesn't really appeal to me. I probably won't even watch American Hustle. I, you know, just probably won't. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Wolf of Wall Street. And that's with uh, Leo DiCaprio. Leo's in that. Um, who I actually think is one of the – and I know that's on, on, on another list to talk about. But yeah. I think Leonardo DiCaprio is one of the most underrated actors. Yeah, he's. I think he's very good. I've always liked him. Um, <clears throat> he's on my, my personal list too. We'll talk about him some more later. Okay. I – uh, I think Captain Phillips is deserving of the attention it's getting. Uh-huh. Just, again, from what I've seen in the um, previews and the trailers of, of the movie. Um, and, of course, I like Tom Hanks. But uh, And Dallas Buyers Club <coughs> is very appealing looking. I'm very anxious to see it. So I don't know so much about her. I don't know. I mean, I get the whole idea right. of the ha- the thing and, and everything, but Ernie and I are both going, I don't know. It's it's either going to be so confusing or very predictable. Well, you know? see, and that's the one I'm pulling for. is, and But that's for a different reason. Yeah. Because I know someone that was a supervisor on the movie. Oh, okay. Well, see, there you go. That's, <clears throat> so, that's a good reason. Philomena hasn't hasn't pulled me at no. all, at all. So there you go. At this point, as they say, it's anybody's game, you know. And if I were voting, if I were a member of the academy, yes, which I'm not, of course. But if I were, who would I vote for? Well, see, I'd have to see him first before I could say I would vote for him. But assuming that they went as I expect them to. Um, I would probably still say 12 years a slave, um, even though I, I, I'm pulled in towards some of the others because I have, right. uh, you know, I like the other actors. Uh, I, I suspect that would be <coughs> worth seeing. And Brad Pitt's working with it, and I have a lot of respect for his talent <coughs> and his focus. You know, not just his talent, right. but where he focuses in, with his life. Well, it's it's interesting so. because with Brad Pitt, and you know, a lot of people just kind of brushed him off as like a the pretty face, mm-hmm. you know, the the pretty boy actor. Yeah, yeah. But he's really come out in the last few years to say, "Oh, I'm just a, I'm a lot more than just an actor." Well, in his association with Angelina, I think they've been it's been a good association between the two of them, actually, because she sort of had that rep too. You know, she was uh, for a while. It was oh well, your daddy was John Voight, and so therefore you you know right. you're taking your place in the world. But you're no no talent. Well, she's very talented for one thing. She's a very talented actress, uh, and she is um, making a huge contribution to the world. Right. So yeah, I think they are good for one another because they both have similar concerns about the world and and 
because they have, you know, Boku bucks, they can mm. do things, um, and they're doing them. Here's a bit yeah. of, of useless triv- trivia, right. and I know their listeners really won't give a shit about this, but you and I, this, yeah. this is the reason. The the movie that they first appeared in was Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yeah, well, was, the, was that their first one together? Yes. Yeah. Um, and their first take was in Victorville, California. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? At the Marriott, the whole hotel scene of Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Which isn't even there anymore. It was well, it's sh- there, but it's not a Marriott yeah, anymore. Was shot oh, just darn. right down I the road. I did not know that. There. Yeah, so that's... Well, we do get... Is that going to... No. Okay. Didn't even come through. We do get a lot of um, movie production activity in this yes. part of the country because of our locale, the desert, and, you know, whatnot. So... And they probably figured, well, hey, we're here. Let's, you know, use it. So, okay. So that's the movie. Okay. That's, those are the movies, rather. Now, let's go to the nominees. Huh? Okay. Wanna? Nominees for? For the actor in a leading role. Mm. Okay. So this would be what they used nominees to call best actor. For best actor. They used to call are. it that. Now they call it actor in a leading role. Which I like better because it's not fair to say they're best. Anyhow. Christian Bale in American Hustle. Christian Bale's actually been around since he was a little kid in the industry. Did yes. you know that? Yes. He was in, uh, what was that one, Emperor movie? Emperor of the, uh, was it Emperor of the Sun or? the Last Emperor, wasn't it? Could have been, yeah, could have been. He was a kid in that movie. Very talented guy. <coughs> and, of course, he's also been a Batman. Yes. So, he's a the wide one. variety of roles but for his role in american hustle he's been nominated bruce dern of past notoriety and fame bruce is getting on in years he's probably pushing my age if maybe not more i don't know um for nebraska okay leo leonardo dicaprio for the wolf of wall street i can't pronounce this man's name shewettel or, and I know that's wrong. I'm murdering this name. But he was in 12 Years uh, a Slave. Okay. I know his face like I'm looking at it right now, but the name has always been difficult for me to pronounce, so I'm sorry. And, of course, Matthew McConaughey for Dallas Buyers Club. And this is a role he had to lose like 42 pounds for. McConaughey? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. That's what they said, and I'm like... Dang, couldn't they have just made him look skinny and haggard and whatnot? But apparently not. He had, I, I read that somewhere, a little trivia about the whole thing. Who will win? I, Shit, <clears throat> if I know. Even though, and like I just said moments ago, I think I would like to have DiCaprio win. But I think the the gentleman who you can't pronounce his name, mm-hmm. I think he's for twelve take years. It. Yeah, he he most likely will. I was uh, saddened by the uh, the fact that Tom Hanks was not nominated uh, for um, Captain Phillips, which and now that <clears throat> excuse me, that's nominated for Best Picture, right? Yes, but he was not nominated it, for his role, and it's one of those things where. I think it kind of falls hand in hand too. Is uh, and this is kind of just my personal feeling about this, folks. But if if you win Best Picture, doesn't that mean that 
that kind of falls on the director and the actors. You know, you have to have a strong actor. I know, actor it's, quite, it's sort strong... of strange that, that you could have somebody say, well, that was the best picture. Well, what was the best about it if the actors didn't get the awards and the di- director didn't get the awards and all of yeah? You know, I agree with you. I've always wondered about that, but uh, I don't know. I don't, and I don't know what they base it on. I really don't. Because honestly, overall impression, I don't know. Because don't know. if if a movie's up for best movie of the year, mm-hmm. it should be instant, without even second like thought. Like Titanic was. Yes. When Titanic was nominated. I told Ernie, I said, I will never watch the Oscars again if Titanic doesn't get it. We liked that movie so much, we actually paid to go see it in the theater four times. Oh, wow. It was a good movie. I think I've seen, I seen it, it probably a hundred times or more. I have, of course, my own copy. Uh, I watch it almost every time it's on. I mean, it's just it was just one of those movies that I told Bob, uh, my son, our youngest son, I said, Dude, you need to go see this movie. It's really good. Well, he went and said, yeah, it was okay. But it just really hit us. I mean, we were just, mm. Anyhow, I do notice that there are only five names on all these categories. Maybe they had a limit. Maybe they can only pick five. Hmm. Okay. And apparently they felt these five deserved that <coughs> recognition more than anyone else. I can only wonder. Uh, best actor in a supporting role. Okay. Um, this name is also hard to, to pronounce. Bakhard Abdi in Captain Phillips. He's the guy. The pirate, that, isn't he? Right. He's the, yes. head, the head pirate, as it were. Bradley Cooper for American Hustle. Michael Fassbender in 12 Years a Slave. <clears throat> Jonah Hill in The Wolf of Wall Street. And Jared Leto in Dallas Buyers Club. I think Jared Leto will get it. I just feel like he will. I think he ought to, I, from what I've seen. Again, I haven't seen the movie yet, but from what I've seen, he really uh, he does an amazing job. See, I'm going to go with yeah. Jonah Hill because I think in this movie, they, Jonah Hill steps it up and shows that he can he can play much more than just his silly, you know, the silly oh, yeah. fat no, he comedic. Has, he has a lot of, of acting <clears throat> skills. That have just started being tapped. I agree with you uh, completely. He's, I don't, I don't think he should just be categorized as a goofball, right. By any stretch, at all. I mean, yes, he's a heavy guy, but uh, I think we're sort of past all that now about heavy guys yeah. can't be sexy. I mean, look at John Goodman. John Goodman can be very sexy, uh, and he's a heavy guy. Okay, just for one example, right. right. Uh, you know, there are lots and lots of others. So, you know, I, uh, John Candy, who I still miss not having around, could, when he wanted to, he could be very sexy and romantic. And not in the, not in the big dick kind of way, you know, right. the, whatever that guy's name was that, that did the porn movies and stuff. Not sexy like oh, that. Oh, like Ron Jeremy. But, yeah, but, but having, <clears throat> having a romantic, um, passion about him candy could pull that off you know and he's a he was a huge guy you know so anyhow uh actress in in a leading role okay amy adams for american hustle you notice american hustle is getting a lot yes of other attention here nods yes kate blanchett for blue jasmine okay sandra bullock for gravity okay i already know which one you want to win judy dench for philomena 
and Merrill Street for August Osage County. Now, Ooh, you'd no. be surprised. I've seen that one. You'd be surprised. I have actually seen Blue Jasmine. Oh, really? Yes. It wasn't nominated as a movie. That's why I didn't mention it. But I have seen Blue Jasmine and Gravity. I didn't watch August Osage County because I have a mental block about that type of movie. Right. It does not appeal to me. It hasn't ever since The Big Chill. It didn't appeal to me then. It doesn't appeal to me now. I don't care who the actors and actresses are. But go ahead and say what you want to about Meryl Streep. Um, she just she she went in there and, and showed everybody why she's so damn good. Well, I she mean, is good. She's excellent. There, I don't think there's a role <laughs> she couldn't play. You um, know, truly. Mark Garofalo. Mark Garofalo. 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 Yeah. He, I mean, all the way. I mean. I kind of there's bits and parts of the story I was like eh, uh, maybe because it hit kind of home you know because of the dif- dysfunction of the family yeah see that's the part I that doesn't appeal to me I don't get a kick out of watching dysfunctional families but it's the, too true to life the <laughs> performances everybody went in there with their guns blazing I yeah. felt and everybody yeah. just put on a a really solid even the the little girl. The, yeah. the daughter yeah. went in there and put on a solid performance. Well, and that's the whole point of the Oscars is who did that? Who went in and and laid <clears throat> it down the best they could and the best anybody could. And so that's what Meryl Streep has done. Now, um, I didn't see American Hustle, so I can't say anything. I like Amy Adams. I appreciate the versatility of her talent as well because right. she isn't just a cute singer-dancer <clears throat> cutesy actress she's got lots of scope and talent she was very good in wedding date by the way if you've ever seen if you haven't seen that movie it's it's a chick flick but uh she was really very good in it she's she's extremely talented i think in you know well, since we're talking about amy adams i was very surprised that she pulled off lois lane in the new superman movie. she did a great job with that she did a great job with that because I, I was thinking versatile going against margot kidder because for me mm-hmm. I, I thought margot growing up in the 80s right that was lois lane was right, margot kidder. right right but i i felt that she brought something different to it and made she did. The, the character she more made believable. it fresher yes i think yeah now you know i love sandra bullock yes I have rarely seen a movie of hers I didn't like. In fact, I don't think I've seen a movie of hers that I didn't like. I liked Gravity. Didn't think it was that big a pull on her talent field, on her talent period. Creatively, maybe. It, it, well, there was so much of it where you really didn't see her that much because of the fact she was in a space suit. Mm. See, so, you know, it's... I. I I don't know. Anyhow, my 50-cent bet is on Kate Blanchett. Blanchett. Blue Jasmine is an interesting movie. It's um, – and I, I don't want to talk about it because it will give it away. Oh, will it? If, if you haven't seen <laughs> Blue Jasmine, rent the sucker and watch it. We actually almost rented it on VOD last night. Now, it's – there's, you know, it, it, it's no car races and hoopla and 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 a lot of uh, rock and roll or anything like that. It's a, it's a thinker's movie. If you don't want to watch a movie that you kind of have to think about a little bit, then right. don't. But she she portrays the incredible um, 
descent, mental descent of a woman um, really well, really, really well. You wind up almost believing really her in that role. You lose you lose I lost sight of her early on in the movie because in the first place I'm not familiar enough with her as a person as a person right that it, that I could see her a lot in the movie. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um she also because of the different roles that she has played in the past She's played queens and, and, and I was going to say kings, but no. <laughs> <laughs> but she's played lots and lots of different types of persons, personalities, that she gets into those roles that, where Sandra Bullock doesn't. Okay, Sandra Bullock did, like, let's say, two weeks' notice. Okay? Right. Uh-huh. Or um, um, her newest one, Heat. What's that one where, where her newest one, what? The, her newest movie is called Heat. Oh yeah, that one, uh, or the miscongeniality. Uh, two of those. Those were cute. Those yeah. movies. You see her in those movies. Uh-huh. That's who she is. Now she may not be as flighty or as you know whatever, but I mean that's her. That's like her personality. Right. Okay. And I don't know the woman, but I imagine that that aside from the fact that she's probably a little on the quiet side at home when she can be that way. That that when she's when she's on, that's that's her. Right. Okay. Not so with Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett, I don't know her. I wouldn't know her if she walked in the house. And you wouldn't know her in this movie necessarily because she takes on the persona of this woman so completely that she doesn't look like herself. She looks like the you imagine this woman looks like. Mm. It's um it's just a really, really interesting portrayal. And and for her to make the transition that, right. that this character in the movie makes, it, it becomes so real that it's no longer acting. It's, I mean, it's, you feel like you're a camera looking in on this woman's life, if you will. And what is it called one more time? Blue Jasmine. Blue Jasmine. I have to. I'm it's, going to have to check it out. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's 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 it. I will buy this movie. Oh, really? Yeah, I will okay. buy this movie because I want to watch it again, and and I hardly ever rent twice from Netflix. Right. If I want to watch a movie more than once, I'll buy it. As a rule. Okay, so okay. we have supporting actress. No, now we're coming to supporting actress. That was actress in a leading role. Yes, now we're actress in a supporting role. And the nominees are Sadie Sadie Hawkins. <laughs> Hello, Sally Hawkins for Blue Jasmine. Okay, again a well-deserved nomination. Jennifer Lawrence in American Hustle, and I she, like Jennifer. She's Lawrence. good, yeah. Lupita Nyong. Oh, <laughs> okay. There's a Nyong, and then there's an apostrophe and an O in Twelve Years a Slave. Okay, and she's done well with her role. Julia Roberts in August, Osage County. Okay, I, and, I give her, yeah. And June Squibb in Nebraska. Like I said, the only reason I want June Squibb to, to win is because this is like, she's sort of like what, she was an actress on Broadway and, Yeah, we, you know, we actually did a, a little we thing about her. We did a thing about, about her. her. Yeah. Uh, and then she sort of 
fell out of the limelight, so to speak, and now she's come back with this movie, and, and she does a really good job in it from what I've seen so far. I haven't seen the movie, seen the trailers, listened to her talk, and so on. So I, that's sort of my, uh, what do they call it, my emotional favorite. Um, haven't seen any of the movie except Blue Jasmine, and Sally Hawkins was really good in it, really good. But whether she compared to the others who are nominated uh, in a competitive way, I can't say. Right. I don't know. I know that uh, the young lady that's nominated for 12 Years a Slave has done well in the other award venues. So. Okay. And you saw Osage. Yes, I did. August Osage. How did Julia do? Well, she's another one who is just, I think, a fantastic actress. I do, too. I do um, too. She's got also a lot of versatility. And the, the chemistry, the the back and forth with her and Meryl Streep mm-hmm. uh, was just, it was it felt real. Yeah. So. Yeah. And they played mother and daughter. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it felt like a, the writing, the acting, it just, it felt real. Yeah. I'm not. I wasn't crazy about the ending. I don't, let me just go out and say that I wasn't yeah. crazy about the ending, but the the performance. Right. Because. Right. Well, it's possible to appreciate a performance without necessarily enjoying the story. Right. You know, because again, that's not what they're being nominated for. They're not being nominated for screenwriter. They're being nominated for their performance in the movie. Right. Okay. okay. <clears throat> Let's see. We've got animated feature film nominees. Uh, yeah, we, uh, okay, we'll touch on them. We don't really have to. Those are just the ones that are, you know, out there. There's cinematography nominees. Um, I, there's a couple of movies in here I totally am not familiar with. So we've got costume design. We've got directing. <laughs> okay, let's do directing, directing, definitely. American Hustle, David O. Russell. Okay. No pun intended. <laughs> no rhyme intended. Uh, Alfonso Cuaron, Cuaron, I don't know how to say it, uh, for Gravity. Okay. Alexander Payne, pardon me, Alexander Payne for Nebraska. Uh Uh-huh. Steve McQueen for 12 Years a Slave. And Martin Scorsese for The Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, Marty's very popular. (sighs) So is his movie. Well, you know that The Wolf of Wall Street now has... The most times a person used the word fuck in a movie. Oh, does it? Yes. Oh, there is I no, should have been in it. There is no other <laughs> movie that has been made that has more fucks than Wolf of Wall Street. Seriously? Yes. I didn't know that. Yes. Wow. Fucking cool. <laughs> I should totally have been in that movie. I know. One of these days we need to sit down and see how many times we say fuck oh, in a podcast. So many. And I'm trying to be good. Did you notice on my Facebook comment I didn't say fucking? I said effing? Yes. What yes. a good girl. Okay, then there's documentary features. Again, I don't know. I'm not familiar with any now, of now them. See, my thing is, and here's my thing with documentaries. Mm-hmm. Documentaries is a personal look into whoever the documentarian is. That's that's a look into their soul. And mm-hmm. something like that I don't feel should be judged against another you know, because it, it's kind of like it needs to be more. What's the word I'm looking for? Just because one, they're both documentaries. Now, like I, I watched a documentary called "The Band Called Death," and it's about these uh, these three brothers 
in Detroit, and they they essentially created punk rock before punk rock was created. Right. Now that was a very moving, very touching docu- uh, documentary. But then I, I watched that one I was telling you about, the one about the the sixty year old prostitutes in in mm-hmm. Norway, mm-hmm. which was hysterical. Yeah, yeah. That those type of things shouldn't go against each other. I agree. Because I agree that well, in a way, I mean, all the movies that are nominated are totally different right. too. And you could you could plead the same case for them. The director has put his soul on, into it, and so on. So I guess what they're saying is that they they're the ones that somebody liked the best. Okay, I think that's the whole idea. Even though they they stopped saying best, uh, and I've, so far as I know, they've never said liked the best. Right. But I think that's what they're going um, for. Without going through, I mean, without, you know, putting commentary, I'm just mm-hmm. curious, who's who's up for best documentary? Well, feature, documentary feature, or there's also documentary uh, short subject. But the Feature? features, uh-huh. Act of Killing, you want to know who produced? No, just the names. Okay. Uh, Cutie and the Boxer. Okay, I've heard of that. Dirty Wars, The Square. I've heard of that. And 20 Feet from Stardom. Now, I know what that one's about. That's about background singers. Oh, okay. Uh, and one of the uh, talents on The Voice is in this documentary. Uh, oh, okay. And I saw her on The Voice. Uh-huh. And I can't remember now how it all came up, but, they, of course, they talk about a person's background and, and experience and so on. And so that's kind of how I learned about it. And then having seen... Um, snippets of this 20 feet from and that's what that means 20 feet from stardom means the star is at the mic and you're 20 feet back doing your oh okay backup singing thing so that's where they they get the title um documentaries short subject cave digger facing fear karma has no walls sarah oh sarah that's the lady's name who wrote her made karma has no walls duh the lady in number six, colon, music saved my life. Hmm. Okay. Prison terminal, colon, the last days of private Jack Hall. Interesting. Okay. And I'm not, I'm just going to leave it at that. I, I think I know who that is, but I don't want to go there and wander. Okay. Film editing is another one. Foreign language film. Is I don't know enough. Even though Lacey and I did watch a, a really good, it was a rom- romantic comedy, and it was all in subtitle. It was a French movie. Yeah. But it, it, it was with um, Pierce Brosnan. He was the only English-speaking actor, yeah, but everything like else him. was in Fren- French. And uh, it was We just... watch a lot of foreign films. We watched this one called, what was it called? Love or something like that. It was about this old couple, and she was... Dying and then him going on afterwards and stuff. It was real good. I can't remember what it was called, but it was something like. Well, love. see, I like foreign films, but Lacey's not a big reader, so she she has yeah, to be in the mood. Makes it hard for her. Yeah, she has a little bit of reading problem. So, but we both enjoyed that French movie. And I then wish I could makeup and hairstyling got nominated. Um, interesting, Dallas <laughs> Buyers Club. That would be probably largely for. Uh, Jared Leto, um, Jackass presents Bad Grandpa. Now you saw that. I didn't. I, what I about watched, that was 
would would be makeup and hairstyling because they made the lead actor mm-hmm. an elderly man. He's he's my oh. age. Oh, oh, okay, okay. So that Which makes sense. That from, makes sense. Let me just put out on on there that I only watched a few minutes of it, and what I watched sucked. Yeah. It sucked. Yeah, you didn't care for it. It was a waste of my fucking time. Sucked. And then the Lone Ranger. Yes. You know, because they fix up Johnny uh, Depp. Johnny to the, and then <clears throat> musical or music original score is another category. Um, we can book, hit that one. The book thief, John Williams. Oh, okay. John Williams musically can do no wrong. <laughs> For reals. Gravity, Stephen Price, and it was good. Um, her, William Butler, and Owen Pallet. Philomena, Alexandra. Alexandre Desplat. Oh, I know I'm murdering that. I'm sure it's not pronounced that way. But anyway, Saving Mr. Banks. That's the one about uh, the writing Walt, and Walt bringing Disney. to uh-huh. the film of Mary Poppins. Yes. Uh, Thomas Newman. Okay. So it'll be interesting to see who walks with those. Best original song. Okay. Alone Yet Not Alone from Alone Yet Not Alone. <laughs> Music by Bruce Broughton. Lyric by Dennis Spiegel. Okay. Happy from Despicable Me 2, which I have seen and I don't remember the song. Tells you what that's all about. Music and lyrics by Farrell Williams. Let It Go from Frozen, which you have seen. Yes. Do you remember the song? Uh, yeah, it was cute. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was nothing to write home about, yeah. to be honest with you, but it was cute. Music and lyrics by Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez. The Moon Song from Her, music by Karen O, lyric by Karen O and Spike Jones. Oh. Ordinary Love from Mandela, Long Walk to Freedom. Interesting. Okay. Music by Paul Hewson, Dale Evans, Dave Evans, sorry, Adam Clayton, and Larry Mullen. Lyric by Paul Hewson. Um, and I uh, read something just the other day in the paper about why this song was even in Mandela, uh, Long Walk to Freedom, because, you know, Mandela <clears throat> is not necessarily, I mean, the movie is not necessarily a love story. Right. But beca- it, it expressed, they contention was it was expressing his love for his wife gotcha and so that's why it's in there we did best picture yes production design eh. Eh. short film animated uh i don't recognize any of those okay not that i necessarily well, would well, and I mean, the we reason could say why, what they are i was gonna say want. the reason why we're skipping these by the way folks <clears throat> is if we don't well, know we only have we an f- hour show <laughs> Well, or however much long right. we want to do it tonight. <clears throat> but, um, you know, we can't really talk about something that we don't know about. So that's well, we why can, we're... but we sound like asses when we do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Best short film live action. Uh, don't know any of those. Okay. Sound editing. Uh, we'll, we'll name the, the ones nominated because okay. we do know of some of those movies. All is Lost. <clears throat> don't know. Captain Phillips. Gravity. The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smog. That's the second one. Oh, at least. And Lone Survivor. So we'd name the people, but you don't know them anyway. So <laughs> sound mixing, who cares? Visual effects. Now, this is an interesting category. Gravity. Right okay. up there with the visuals. Right. Okay. Let, 
Great let's CG. Go, let's go ahead and do the names. Okay. Tim Weber, Chris Lawrence, Dave Shirk, and Neil Corbold for Gravity. The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smog. Joe Lettery, or Lettery, most probably. Um, Eric Sainden, David Clanton, sorry, David Clayton, and Eric Reynolds. Okay. Iron Man 3, Christopher Townsend, Guy Williams, Eric Nash, and Dan Sudik. The Lone Ranger, Tim Alexander, Gary <coughs> Rosenich, Edison Williams, Edson Williams, and John Frazier. I'm not bad for reading these cold. I hadn't actually read this earlier. And Star Trek Into Darkness, Roger Goyette, Patrick Tubak, Ben Grossman, and Burt Dalton. And those, again, that's visual effects. Right. Of these, I've seen one, Gravity. And like I said, it was great CG, you know. Plus, the the... They they could have even possibly had some true to life footage worked in there. It would be if it if they did it was well right. knitted in so to speak because you couldn't pick it out and say oh that was real I remember that scene from the news or whatever yeah. right um, yeah you don't even have to ask me well I suspect you'd go with Iron Man three just yeah. because of Jay <laughs> your son is an Iron Man freak uh, best writing. Okay, yes. Adapted screenplay. Okay. Okay. Before Midnight, written by Richard Linklater. Linkletter. No, it's not Linkletter. It is Linkletter. Well, it's not spelled Linkletter. I know, but he pronounces it Linkletter. I know the, the director. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I don't is it know. Is spelled Linkletter or later? L-A-T-E-R. Linkletter of long ago fame was spelled with an E. So, okay. Yeah, I know the director. We'll, we'll let him... Do that. Pronounce his own name. <laughs> yeah, but dude, spell it the right way then. Come on. Anyway, Julie Depley, Dep Delpy, I'm sorry, Julie, Julie Delpy, and Ethan Hawke. Really? Interesting. Mm. Interesting. Uh, Captain Phillips, screenplay by Billy Ray. <laughs> Philomena, screenplay by Steve Coogan and Jeff Pope. 12 Years a Slave, screenplay by John Ridley. Ah. And The Wolf of Wall Street, screenplay by Terrence Winter. Really? Interesting. Now, okay. Best writing original screenplay. Those were adaption, adaptations. Yes. This is original screenplay. American Hustle, written by Eric Warren Singer and David O. Russell. Blue Jasmine. And I really hated to admit this because I can't stand him. Lots of <laughs> Lots about him I can't stand. Woody Allen. Yes. Woody Allen is just not my favorite person. I, I knew who you were talking about just mm. by the way you were. But this is a this is a good story. It really is a good story. Uh, and and a lot of his stories I like. It's just leave him out of it. Right. I don't. It's him I don't like. It's not his his writing. His writing is pretty much okay, in my opinion. Dallas Buyers Club, written by Craig Borton and Melissa Wallach. Her, written by Spike Jones. Yes. Jones. Jones. <laughs> and Nebraska, written by Bob Nelson. So those are the uh, nominees uh, for at least the primary awards. Of course, they always have those things afterwards where they say, uh, you know, 
when nobody was looking, we gave away these awards for right. best light bulb turner <laughs> and and uh, best grip, and yeah, best boy, and all that kind of stuff. And everybody goes, "Oh, that was nice." They should get their, and you know, it's it's really funny because as you know, I'm an old movie fan, right? And I'm an old movie fan, and I'm an old movie fan, and uh, it's funny to watch the uh, credits after a movie made in 1933 versus the credits. For a movie today, I mean, We're, credits today take fifteen minutes to run. Oh yeah, easily. You know, I mean, who brought the sandwiches in from Milwaukee? <laughs> they get credit because somebody ate sandwiches from Milwaukee. And who did this and that? You know, Jesus. And the thing is, those people were involved in the movies in nineteen thirty-three too. Also, right? Okay. But they, it would never have occurred to them to, to make an audience sit and look at, and, and most credit. of them don't anyway. They get them walk out, you know. If it's good music or if there's little doodads going on with the credits, like after Despicable Me or something like that, we sit and watch them, you know. Plus, it takes me a while to get my legs bending and everything <laughs> anyhow, you know. So it, it's fun because I'm not embarrassed getting up out of a movie because there's never anybody left in the theater to get up in front of, so... So then I made a list of, and I don't know whether you did or not. I told you I was going to do this. I didn't make a list. You didn't make any lists. I made my list of. Because we never get out of here if I, I know. a list. My favorite movies. <laughs> okay. okay. These are in, not in order. Actually, they're somewhat in the order that I thought of them, but that doesn't mean that it was because they're the best, and that's why I thought of them first. Right. It's just because my brain doesn't work too well. So. Um, and I put down some details about them. We don't have to go into all the details. Now, again, these are my favorite movies. These are not necessarily related to this year's Oscars. Yeah, these are just okay. your personal faves. Right. Okay. Uh, Les Mis. Yes. Okay. The 2012 version, directed by Tom Hooper, with Hugh Sixpack Jackman and Anne Hathaway <laughs> and Russell Crowe. Uh. Sweeney Todd, the demon barber of Fleet Street. I have that DVD. Love that movie. 2007, directed by Tim Burton. Tim yes. Burton has got a wonderfully f evil, fickle, trickle mind. Uh, Johnny Depp, of course. Helena Bonham Carter. Uh, or Helena Bonham Carter. I, I was so taken with the fact that Johnny can sing as well as he can. He really knocked it out of the park. And, and there's, there's this one scene where he and unfortunately i don't know the actor's name the the guy who plays the um evil controller of the of the young lady that is the love interest in the movie you know and and he comes in for a shave and he and johnny sing a, a duet together uh -huh. it's one of the, my favorite pieces in the in the whole show it's really good really beautiful song love that movie moulin rouge the 20 01 version directed by Baz Luhrmann with Nicole Kidman, Ewan McGregor, and John Leguizamo, who does play a really mean. Uh, <laughs> what the hell was that guy's name? Ah, oh, that artist, the French artist. V. V. <laughs> you know his name? No, not off the top of my head. Oh, damn it. Well, anyway, um, he, he does a good job with it. Dances with Wolves, yes, from 1990, directed by, starring, also Kevin Costner, Kevin Costner, Mary yes. McDonald, and Graham Greene. 
Titanic, yes. 1997, directed by James Cameron with Leo and Kate Winslet. Some Like It Hot, 1959, directed by Billy Wilder, Tony Curtis, Jack Lemmon, Marilyn Monroe. If you've never seen Some Like It Hot, you need to see that movie. No, I don't think I've it ever seen is it. Probably one of the best classic comedies ever made. I mean, it's really good. Really good. Um, Deadheads, the 2011 oh, yeah, yeah, movie. Yeah. Directors Bert and Drew T. Pierce. Not Bert, Brett and Drew T. Pierce. Stars Michael McKitty, Ross Kidder, and Marcus Taylor. Um, Deadheads is... The zombie. The zombie movie. Yes. But it's a funny zombie movie. <laughs> Fifth Element, 1997, directed by Luke Beeson with Bruce Willis and Mila Jovovich yes, and Gary was, Oldman. That was very good. The Shawshank Redemption, 1994, directed by Frank Darabont and starring Tim Robbins and Morgan Freeman. The Green Mile, 1999, directed by Frank Darabont starring Tom Hanks and the late... Michael Clark Duncan. So sad to see him go. Apollo 13, 1995, directed by Ron Howard, starring Tom Hanks, Bill Paxton, Kevin Bacon, Gary Sinise, and Ed Harris. One of the best <coughs> examples of the vital importance of teamwork that one could ever show their children. Oh, the Apollo 13 movie. Mm -hmm. from, from beginning to end, it, it's a perfect expression of the necessity for a successful, out, successful outcome of teamwork, my opinion. Fargo, 1996, directors Joel and Ethan Cohen with William H. Macy and Francis McDormand and also Steve Buscemi, one of our faves. Yes. Wall E. 2008, directed by Andrew Stanton, with <clears throat> Ben Burt, who is a well-known sound technician uh -huh. and creator of sound, um, and he does a lot of the, the if you want to call it voices, the, the voiceovers and whatnot yeah. in the movie, including Wall-E. Alyssa Knight, um, she does uh, Eva, Wall-E's love interest. Yes. Um, I also found out that Wall-E was named for Walter Elias Disney. Ah. But in the movie it was it was it stood for Waste Allocation Load Lifter Earth Class. I thought that was cute. That was. Eva stood for Extraterrestrial Vegetative Evaluator. And their musical excerpts uh, put on your Sunday clothes, and it only takes a moment from Hello, Dolly. Yes. Which is classic to me. And the last named movie is The Mambo Kings from 1992, directed by Arnie Glimsher, starring Amran DeSanti, Antonio Banderas, and one of the highest moments in this movie is uh, the singing of Beautiful Maria of My Soul, written by Glimsher and Robert Kraft. It was also nominated by uh, for Best Song. Oh, was it? Yeah, Antoni Antonio Bandera sings it in the movie, but he would not sing it. Uh, you know how in the Academy Awards when they have a Best Song? Right. Um, 
that usually if they can get him to the the one that did it in the movie will sing it for the awards. Right. He wouldn't do it because he had to do it live. And so, um, uh, shit, I was going to put it on here and I forgot to. Um, Big opera singer, big guy, big guy. (sighs) He did it instead. Can't remember his name. Okay, then I have three subcategories here. Okay. Any Zatoichi production (laughs) ranges from 1962 to 2003. Some were television productions, some were, you know, short features, and some were actual movies. Any James Bond production. Don't care who it was. It was good. And any movie made in 1939. Really? Mm -hmm. One of the best years for movies ever. Ever. My opinion. Again. Did we have a best song? Did we have a best song? No, I didn't hear. I, In the thing here, we got, we had best. Uh, uh, She's just going through her list, folks. Yes, that's a paper rattling you here. We had musical, original song. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Alone yet not alone. Happy, let it go. The moon song and ordinary love. And I. Oh, not, yeah, we did cover that. Not. The only ordinary love song I know is an old song. This is an ordinary love. Yeah, that's an old one. Probably a remake. Forgive my singing, folks. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not a singer by profession. So those are my those are my faves, and it kind of gives you an idea of my taste. You know, I wanted to put Terrence Howard's movie in there also. I I had a I had a list three times as long. I okay. did. Oh, wait, I haven't done my actors yet. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. Do we have time? How much time have we got? Uh, half an hour. Okay, I can do it. I can do it. My favorite performance by a male actor. Okay. Maybe we'll get around to some of those then. Danny Trejo for Machete <laughs> in 2010. He's so great. I love him. Vin Diesel, 2000 Pitch Black. He played Riddick. Nicholas Cage, 1987. These are the reason I'm giving this information along with it is because these are the movies I liked them in the best. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, Nicholas Cage, 1987, Raising Arizona. He played H.I. McDonough. Again, if you haven't seen that movie, you need to see it. Sean Connery, 1992, The Medicine Man. You would think I would have liked him best as James Bond. And I do like him best of many of the Bonds. Right. But my favorite movie with him is Medicine Man. He played Dr. Robert Campbell. Bruce Willis, 1998, Mercury Rising. He played Art Jeffries. Very touching portrayal. Andrew Brower in 2000's Duets. He played Reggie Kane. If you haven't seen Duets, you need to see that one. It's got a lot of great people in it. It's um, whose name's... uh, all escape me at the moment, but some people that you didn't know could sing are in there singing. Uh, what the heck is her name? Wh- who's the lady who named her kid Apple? Blonde. Uh, uh, yeah, she was in uh, Iron Man. What's her name? Yes, she was. Yes. Uh, bu- 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 fuck. No, that's not it. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, she sings really well. Her mother. Oh, Jesus, I have a horrible memory. Her mother is an actress that you'd know her name if I could tell it to you. Uh, 
<laughs> I know the Damn listeners it. are like, it's such yeah. and such. Okay, well, everybody Google it, and then you'll know. Uh, Cary Grant, 1944, Arsenic and Old Lace. He played Mortimer Brewster. Again, if you haven't seen that movie. Most of these, if you haven't seen them, I recommend them highly. James Shigeta, 1961's Bridge to the Sun, played Hidenari Terasaki. Uh, Kevin Costner for 1989's Field of Dreams. He played Ray Kinsella. Tom Hanks, 1984 Splash. He played Alan Bauer. Yes, that was... Johnny yeah. Depp, 2007 Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. And he played Sweeney Todd. Billy Bob Thornton, 1996 Sling Blade. Played Carl Childers. Probably one of his best roles. Of course, my man, Hugh Jackman. 2012, Les Mis, he played Jean Valjean. George Clooney, 1998, Out of Sight. He played Jack Foley with J-Lo, was in this movie. He played a bad guy and she was a cop. Oh, okay. Really good movie. Steve Buscemi, or Buscemi, depending on how you want to say it. I've never heard him say it, so I can't say No, me neither. His role in 1997's Con Air. He played Garland, the Marietta Mangler. Green. That's the last name. Garland Green, the Marietta Mangler. He's really good in that movie. Con Air, if you haven't seen it, it's good. Nick Cage is in it, Oh, too. I've seen, oh yeah, I've seen Con Air. Dustin Hoffman, 1988 Rain Man. Raymond yes. Babbitt. Well, yeah, it's kind of needless to say I've seen Rain Man. Probably everybody has. You can always see it again. You'd be surprised. I don't know how many times I've seen that movie. You always, I always pick up something new. O'Shea Jackson, a.k.a. Ice Cube. Ah. 2001, Ghosts of Mars. He played Desolation Williams. Yes, and he was with Val Kilmer. That was a very good movie. Yes, it was. Terrence Howard. He's another great actor. 2005's Hustle and Flow. He played DJ. My yes. favorite, one of my favorite movies is, is Hustle and Flow. I loved that movie. And I especially loved the song. It's hard out there for a, for a pimp. Yeah. You know, oh, <laughs> love that movie. I, I sang that song for weeks afterwards. DJ Qualls, 2005. Hustle and Flow, he was in. But I chose him for... The core. He played Theodore Donald Rat Finch. He was the computer geek that made it all happen. For if you haven't seen the core, that's also a good movie. Highly underrated. It was it was panned by the the uh, reviewers as eh, ordinary. What, what year was it? Two thousand and five. That's a Disney movie. I've seen it. Very good movie, I think. Um, and of course he was also in Hustle and Flow and he was really good in that he has a very distinctive facial features and so he's easily recognizable and very talented I think two more William Powell 1947's Life with Father he played the father Clarence Day and that's based on a, a true story by the way and it was later on in his life. I, there's hardly a William Powell movie I don't appreciate, but this one I particularly enjoyed. And Leonardo DiCaprio, 1993's What's Eating Gilbert Grape. He played Arnie Grape. Yes. And that was, as far as I know, his first foray, for, foray in the 
the field. I don't know that he made a movie before that. I believe that was his debut. He was. Uh, he played on a television series. No, but did. I can't think of. Yeah. It was. Um, well, so did Tom Hanks, for that matter. Tom Hanks was on uh, *Bosom Buddies*. Yes. Yeah, where and that's when we they, we first saw Tom Hanks. Where they he dress up in uh, drag. Yeah, 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 so they can get an apartment in a in a women's only apartment was house it? or whatever. Hmm? Alan Finch. What was he in? Um, it was on ABC every like Wednesday. Oh. It was like an All American Family. I don't know. Um, Kurt Cameron was the son. Shit, I, I can't think of it. Anyway, well, I think he was the youngest. Again, son. Google it. But but to watch Arnie, watch him as Arnie Grape in What's Eating Gilbert Grape, um, and with Johnny Depp. By the way, I should say that that almost goes without saying. But for those that don't know, it doesn't. Um, he's it's it's amazing because you watch it and you go, oh my god, that's really Leo, you know? Right. He's 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 had a long and varied career. Okay. Shorter list for favorite performance by female actor, Sandra Bullock. Yes. Uh, 1992 Love Potion Number 9. She played Diane Farrell. Really? That was her? I didn't know that. Yeah. Zoe Saldana, or Saldana, for 2011's Colombiana, or Colombiana. She pay- played Catalea. Good movie. Really? Yeah. She's, she comes off <coughs> really well in that movie. Noumi or Noumi Repace, and I know I'm not saying that right. Uh, in 2009's The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, she played Lisbeth Salander. Okay, the lead. Now, or Salander. There are two versions of The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. This is my preferred version. Gotcha. Okay. Melissa McCarthy in 2011's Bridesmaids, she played Megan. She's. The she was the one on the plane with the guy and doing that whole thing. She was hilarious. Uh, Barbara Stanwyck, 1941, Ball of Fire. She played Sugar Puss O'Shea. Irene Dunn, 1948, I Remember Mama. She was Mama, who was Marta Hansen in the movie. Myrna Loy, 1948, Mr. Blandings Builds His Dream House. She played Mur- Muriel Blandings. Rosalind Russell, 1958's Annie Mame. She played Mame Dem- Dennis. Lana Turner in 1941's Zigfield Girls. She played Sheila Reagan. I don't like a lot of Lana Turner movies of her when she was older. Uh-huh. But as a young actress, she was very good, very appealing. Ingrid Bergman, 1942's Casablanca. She played Ilsa Lund. And Nicole Kidman, 1998's Practical Magic. That Again was a good movie. with Sandra Bullock. She played Gillian Owens. I think we, I think we have that on a DVD. Probably. Okay, two other things, and then I'll stop. My most inappropriate, in my opinion, the most inappropriately overlooked by the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences movie, Lee Daniels, The Butler, directed in in 2013 by Lee Daniels, starring Forrest Whitaker and Oprah Winfrey. I heard that was really good. It's outstanding. It's very... Uh, accurate historically. Uh-huh. Uh, it's another movie along with uh, 12 Years as a Slave that, in my opinion, almost ought to be required viewing in school, in schools. It's, it's, it's that important a movie, I think. 
uh, and my own personal Razzie Award, okay, or Raspberry Award, After Earth, 2013, directed by M. Night Shyamalan, Shyamalan, yes. with one of my faves, Will, Will Smith, Smith, and his son Jaden. I love all of these people. I love Jaden in the Karate movie, Karate Kid. Uh huh. I love Will Smith in anything. I liked him in Hitch, especially, but you know. Shit, anything. He's really usually very good. And M. Night Shyamalan is is uh, very talented, to say the least. This movie sucked. And I'm sorry, I think Will wrote it. Oh, also. really? Yeah. I'm really sorry. It was predictable. It was... Um, it was almost like uh, sometimes they say it was... Uh, done so that they could show off themselves right i forget what they call that but you know it's when when the only it the only reason it was done was so they could just go hmm, look at me here i am and and i don't like to think that about him because i really respect his talent a lot and i and what i know of him as a person as right. well um but it was just i already got the same hit off of it it was like well that was a waste of two hours oh wow i'm glad i didn't watch it yeah, it's on all the time right now on the movie channels. It's showing. Well, right, see, I'm right not. Now. I'm not a huge big M Night Shyamalan fan. Well, you don't. You're not too big on 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 um, sci-fi stuff, anyhow. No, I'm not huge on sci-fi. And this is I, very I sci-fi. Like, I liked Shyamalan. Let's see. I liked him in The Sixth Sense. I liked um, Signs. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, and I With think Joaquin I Phoenix. Think, yes, and I think the last good movie. And I'm sorry, was it? I was going to say, in the last good movie, I think that he made Shyamalan mm-hmm. was uh, Lady Under the Water. Yeah, that was that's. that's I think that was one. the last yeah. good movie he made. <clears throat> I'm trying um, to remember who else was in. Um, it wasn't Kevin Costner. Who was with Joaquin Phoenix in Signs? Mel Gibson. Oh, that's who it was, yes. yes. Mel Gibson plays a great scared guy. Yes. Yeah, he does really well. I like Mel at times. His work is, is admirable at times, too. Just as a person, I not I don't admire him as much as I thought I used to. So, so anyhow, that's my take on the movies and actors and actresses and the Oscars and everything else. Um, if you're interested in hearing me blabble. Um, <laughs> blabble? Blabble, blabble, blabble. Like Even that. though it's after the Oscars, uh, come back on Wednesday, and I'm going to have a Who's the Boss? Because I already knew – this is actually recorded in two segments. I knew where we were at you know, in the first segment and this second segment. So I think we're somewhere around the two-and-a-half-hour mark for this podcast. Really? Yes. Wow. So that's why I've been keeping my mouth fairly quiet. Cause because I'm doing all the talking as it is. And I didn't. Well, you didn't make any lists, right? You know, God help us if you had, we'd have been here for another two hours and after that. Our server won't carry anything over three hours, oh, so that's why just under the yes. The so, limit there. Uh, if you want next Wednesday, come back. Who's the boss? And I'll give you my list. Yeah, we could have we could have gone on with, you know, but they probably got tired of listening to it. And after the fact, well, it'd be interesting to hear your list. After everything is done, yes, you know, um, just to throw it out there, let's see where we at. We're okay. My just just to throw it out. Interesting enough, a lot of people are going to be like, "What the hell?" My favorite movie 
of all time, I can watch this movie over and over and over again. Okay. Is it Bill Murray? Yeah. Lost in Translation. Oh, and I hate that movie with I, a passion. I love that movie. I, I don't know why I like it, but movie. I do. Ernie loved it too. He really thought that was so cool. I was thought you were going to say Groundhog Day, and yeah. I do watch that over and over again. But no, I it, it, tell what you liked about it because I I it's always eluded me. For me, it's it's about responsibility. That's what I see in the movie. I see, you know, Bill Murray. He's he's he wants just to go off and live his life and be happy. Mm-hmm. And despite what he wants, he knows his responsibility mm-hmm. as a husband, as a father. And he overlooks what he wants, and he goes forward to the responsibility. And that's something that I can hmm. I can understand. Well, see, I didn't even get all that out of it. But to be very fair to the movie and to your opinion about it, I really didn't pay that much attention to it. And I love Bill Murray. I really do. I think he's very talented. Uh, again, I find him more enjoyable as a comedian, right. like Ghostbusters and you know all of the the Groundhog Day and all that kind of thing. Uh, but there was just something about that movie. Just well, to be fair, yeah. it took me. It took me a couple times. The, the first time I watched it, I did not like it. To oh, be, okay. To, to okay. be completely well, fair, I did not like it the first go around. That makes me feel better because you know Ernie liked it right off the bat. He thought it was just wonderful, you know. And I'm like, okay, honey, you you know, I love you, but we don't have to like everything together. Right. You know. yeah, that's individuality. Yeah. Absolutely. So, but. Okay, I, I might, you know, I and might then try to watch it again. Second favorite movie that I can watch, even though it's freaking ass long as hell, mm-hmm. is The Stand. Stephen King's The Stand. Yeah, I, I know The Stand. I, it's like eight hours long. Yeah. I love that movie. Yeah. In fact, you know what? I might put it in afterwards. <laughs> you could, you could, you know, you could do like I do. I like I put dances on sometimes just because I'm doing something else and uh-huh. I like the music. Because I have, I actually have a CD of the soundtrack. I throw in my car every now and then because the music is just perfect for me. Uh, but yeah, I I totally understand. You and, know. and then my third, I'll just give you my top three. Yeah. And I know it's a, it's like Lost in Translation, The Stand. Where are you going now? Is Kevin Smith's Clerks Two? I haven't seen Clerks Two. I think we saw Clerks One. Clerks 2 is about now I'm I'm a fan of Kevin Smith. That's so I should put is, that out there yeah, first. I yeah. I he can't do wrong in my opinion. Yeah. He's he's very very talented. Um and we're very similar in age. So the storytelling that he's telling is about what's happened to him in life, yeah. you know, at a, yeah. at that point. And you start with these in, in clerks, you start with them, uh, the clerks in their 20s and mm-hmm. or not even maybe like early teens or late teens, early 20s. And mm-hmm. that's when I seen it. And so I could connect with it, you know, and now clerks two came out and they're now they're, they're in their 30s oh, and I'm okay. in my 30s. And I just I the connectability. Yes. Yeah. And just the raunchy ass jokes that they pull. <laughs> I mean, he's the only person I know that would actually attempt to do um, a donkey blowjob. I mean, it's just <laughs> it, you have to watch it. It's hysterical. I should try to. I I might. I uh, you know, it's I don't know. Ernie orders our movies. He manages the queue list on yes. on uh, Netflix. 
uh, we we'll sit and watch a movie, and you know how they have the trailers beforehand. Yes. You know, and and he'll go, oh, that's good, and he's got a little paper and pencil, you know, right by his chair. Oh, let's put that on the list. Oh, let's put that on the list. Oh, let's take that off the list, and you know, like that. And so he's in charge. Uh, once in a while, I'll I'll see something I want, and I'll put it on the list, and always mark it to go to the head of the list, you know, because right. I sneak past him. But for the most part, no, he manages the queue, and so when. When he goes, well, we got we've got mu- uh, movies to watch, and I'll go, well, what are they? And he'll rattle them off, and I, you know, okay, parts my, <laughs> parts my hair, you know, and I go. And the only thing I will ever tell him because I don't like to be, I don't like to know ahead of time, always what a story is about, right? But I, I always ask him if I get a sense that it's going to be one of those stupid things that goes at you, you know, I right. want to know that ahead of time, right? So I can just not look to start with because I really hate those kinds of movies. I can't stand them. It's tough to watch. Yeah, uh, but otherwise, no. He 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 manages it all. We watch whatever he wants to watch, and it usually matches what I want. Well, in closing, I want to thank all the listeners that are still listening at yeah, the God two the two hour and twenty minute mark. <laughs> Uh, we they could had, take it in stages. We had a yeah, <laughs> we had a lot to say. Yeah, and uh, you know when it comes to movies, I just everybody loves movies. I, I there's not one person I know that does not like movies. I don't think I know anybody who doesn't. I know there are people who don't like movies. I feel sorry for them because mm. you know movies are who we are. Yes, it's, I it's, mean really. Yes, in this country, unfortunately, we're glued to the tube. You know, oh, I absolutely. mean, seriously, my television's going 24-7, practically. Well, that's why in America, you, know? you can watch TV off a TV, off your laptop, off your desktop, off your, off your phone, you watch, off your tablet. Yeah, off, off your thumbnail if yeah. you wanted to. I mean, you can watch it every which way. Yes. But it also because, and and again, I watch so many old movies. I mean, I watch, I watch movies before talkies sometimes. I right. watch the silent movies. And they actually describe who we were nationally. Right. Not accurately. No. No more so than a lot of movies do that are made up stories and, and so on. But but in terms of what entertained us right. as a culture in this country, uh, that's that's why movies are worth watching. We learn about ourselves through watching the movies we watch right. over time. So that's my take on that. All right, kids. Well, we're back on a regularly scheduled program, so we'll be back next Saturday. Thanks right. for listening, everybody. Yes. So for this week, I am David K. Montoya. And I am S. Sadie Burbank. And you heard what we think. And, and now you know. <laughs> Bye-bye. Not what we know, because we don't know shit. What we think. <laughs> David K. Montoya, S.A. Burbank Podcast. Or S.A. Burbank, David K. Montoya Podcast. The game plan, yeah. The, uh, the show. And see, I came up with more. Not what we know, because we don't know shit.